Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are back at it again. I hope everybody is uh, having a great day. Grant Napier here on Listen Up. If you want to get in on the program. Very simple to do. You hit your hand icon, and I will put you right up on stage. They did a rant today. really wasn't a rant. It was more of a uh, vote of confidence for what I have seen in Keegan Murray, who the Kings drafted fourth overall. And I don't like getting carried uh, carried away when it comes to summer league because, you know, again, you're not playing against legitimate uh, NBA competition. but for sure, the Kings have themselves a good player. Now, I don't know how good, all right? I don't know how good Keegan Murray is going to be. I don't even know if there's there's quite possibly could be a player taken behind Murray, whether it's Ivy or whether it's someone else, that ends up being a better NBA player, all right? But I think you've seen that this kid – knows how to play the game, all right? He knows how to play the game. And I I don't know, again, I I don't want to get carried away here. It's summer league. But I think we all can say the one thing is he's definitely not a bust, all right? He doesn't have any red flags, right? Does not have any red flags. You see any red flags in his game? I don't see any red flags in his game. I just don't. You know, I I think he's going to be a solid pro. Now, whether he's going to be a perennial all-star or – I'm not ready to go there, all right? I'm not ready to go there. But I think so far, so good from what you've seen from Keegan Murray if you're a fan of the Sacramento Kings. All right, the Open, round one, Cameron Young, eight under par. Rory McIlroy, six under par. And Tiger Woods was awful. He's already out of the tournament, basically. All right? He's 14 shots off the pace. And he was 14 shots off the pace before he made the turn at the famed St. Andrews course. And, you know, I watched a lot of the first round. You know, the one thing about St. Andrews in this old course It's not visually pleasing to the eye. In other words, when you watch the coverage of the U.S. or or the uh, Open Championship, the history of this course is unparalleled. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, they've been playing golf there for over 700 years. When you stand on the first tee box at St. Andrews, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. 
When you come up 18, it's unlike anything that you could possibly experience in golf. It just is. But it's it's not a pretty golf course. You know, I made I, I did the, a rant on this talking about how it's really it's like a cow pasture. I mean, it really is. When you walk St. Andrews, other than the first hole, the 16th hole, or excuse me, the 17th hole and the 18th, when you're out on that golf course, it's like you're out in the middle of a field somewhere. It doesn't even look like a golf course from what we're accustomed in America. So, you know, again, is it a bucket list destination? Yes. Should it be a bucket list to play golf if you've golfed? Yes. I mean, it's a walk just because of the history. But when you watch this course on television, it is not very appealing. It really isn't. So again, you got Young, McElroy. They are the guys that have the lead after one round of play. Eight under for Cameron Young, uh, six under for Rory McElroy. All right, if you want to get in on the program today, hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand, uh, and we will do an interesting show uh, yesterday on our open forum Wednesday where we went in a couple of different directions. And I, I like that. You know, I, I enjoy going into some, for lack of a better term, sensitive areas. All right. I think it's important to be able to speak of different views, points of view. And I just think that, as I've said, our media in this country is afraid to go down certain areas. Most members of the media, they, they take the easy way out. So they don't have to be ridiculed or potentially labeled or this or that. It's very apparent. You know, I mean, that, I don't even think you can deny that. We can't deny that. That's the way the media operates uh, today. And it doesn't mean that my point of view is always right or your point of view is always right. But if we can have dialogue, if we can admit that there are some real inaccuracies, if you can, if we can admit that too many members of the media now really slant what they have to say based on their agenda. You know it and I know it. It's very obvious, especially on Twitter. I mean, it, you know, if you're if you're a sports quote unquote journalist, quote unquote writer what have you. If you cover sports for a living, personally, I don't really care what your political point of view is. All right. That's not why I'm, it's not why I'm following you on Twitter. It's not why I really follow you as a person that specializes in your profession. I don't really want to, I don't want to hear what you have to say politically. I don't want to hear what you have to say on every damn subject that comes up that has nothing to do with sports. Now, you could say, well, you don't have to follow them. And you know what? There are those that I have unfollowed. But I guess, why is it that someone that covers sports for a living thinks that I want to know what their political point of view is? Why would they think that I want to know what their point of view is on other topics that have come up, whether it's 
social issues, political issues. It's not why I really follow you. I, I just, and yet it almost be, has become the norm now rather than the exception, with one big exception. Unless your opinion, okay, if your opinion is not aligned with the left, if it's not aligned with being woke, if it's not aligned with quote unquote being politically correct, then you really can't say it, correct? You really can't, you have to remain silent. So if you're a conservative and you wanna make your opinions known on social media, you're gonna get attacked. You are going to get attacked. You're gonna get labeled. You may even put your job in jeopardy, all right? If you make any types of comment, any type of comments, I should say, learn how to speak, Grant. If you make any type of comments that are not aligned with the mainstream media, you are going to be attacked, period. You are going to be attacked. And God help yourself. If you align yourself with Trump, then you're almost done. Now, I've never spoken about my political affiliation because I don't think anyone would want to, anyone cares. And if you care, well, I don't know why you would care. It doesn't change who I am as a person. I've been very clear about this. I would vote for a Democrat. I would vote for a Republican. I don't really care what the hell you are. If I feel that you're the best person for the job, if you're the best qualified candidate, then I would vote for you. I don't, I, I don't even align myself with a political party. I don't care. I'm not like that. Matter of fact, politics turns me off. I, 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 I'm, I despise politics. All right. You, did you ever hear me talk politics on my show in Sacramento? No. Did you ever hear me talk politics on the Jim Rome show? No. Why? Very simple. Why would you care what my political point of view is? That's not what I'm on the air for. I mean, I'm on the air to talk about the NFL, the NBA. I'm on the air to talk about the games that were played last night. I'm on the air to break down things. I'm on the air to do interviews with other sports figures. And I'm, I'm not on the air uh, to talk to you about things that have to do with politics. And, and I don't. And I never have. Now, I have changed a little bit on this, I guess, forum, we should say, for obvious reasons. And, you know, if I went on a radio station in America and brought up some of the topics that I brought up on this show on Listen Up or my podcast, I'd probably be fired, right? If I went on a radio station and criticized LeBron James the way I have criticized LeBron, which I, by the way, have used nothing but facts in criticizing LeBron and his hypocrisy and his double standards, you know, I'd probably get called into the office and said, don't do that. Why? Uh, because, you know, it's you're raising a lot of red flags and we're getting some backlash from people and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's just the world that we're living in today. 
That's the world we're living in today. It's really hard to deny that that's the world we're living in today. And so I like this forum. I like open forum Wednesday. I like being able to talk on my podcast about some of these issues. But you have to understand in the United States of America, if you are going to come out and you're going to be critical of certain things, and if you're going to take a stance that's not popular, you are going to, in all likelihood, either be canceled, labeled, stereotyped. We can go on and on. And that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And you have to accept that. And if you're willing to accept that, then go do your job. If you have no trouble putting your head on the pillow at night, then you go ahead and do that. But there are ramifications. You know, we do not have, well, we have freedom of speech in the United States, but we don't have freedom of consequence because your opinion is against the mainstream media. And we talk about the mainstream media, right? And if I keep it to sports, why is it that the mainstream media is so afraid to criticize LeBron James for his hypocritical stances when it comes to race? Why is it that Mitch Album of the Detroit Free Press was one of the few who came out and was critical of Deshaun Jackson and his anti-Semitic comments of two summers ago. How come the NFL never even commented? They didn't even comment on Deshaun Jackson. Nothing happened to Deshaun Jackson, right? Nothing. Just let it fly. Why? Why was Deshaun Jackson really not even discussed by many in the mainstream media. Very simple, because of his ethnicity. That's the problem in this country, right? That's the problem in this country. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. And that is very unfortunate. All right, let's get to some phone calls right here on Listen App. And why don't we weigh in and say hello to Al. Hello, Al. How are you today? I'm good, Nate, man. I got to tell you, buddy, I can't do the social issues, man. I walk with my dog around the neighborhood. I see people with signs in their yards of, you know, dumb and dumber with Biden and uh, you know, Harris's pictures. And I, I'm registered as a nonpartisan, you know, I I, I just vote. I'm not political. I don't want to know anybody. When I talk to fans, I don't want to know your stance. Don't go go with the hot topics, you know. Keep it to yourself. I keep it to myself. I just can't do it, man. I just can't do it. I love you for your I'll sports. Tell you this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one story. I was having uh, dinner with uh, a, a guy in law enforcement who works for the sheriff's department. Right. And he is conservative. And he voted for Trump. And... He said to me, he said to me when Obama was president, he fully supported Obama and he felt that was the right thing to do as an American, Mm -hmm. that when there is a president, you give that individual a chance. And if you're 
you know, if you really feel for the country, then he right. kind of felt it was his duty to to go along with when I mean go along, like right. uh, like like yeah. like I, I just accept the fact that that individual's in office and let's see if we can all work together to make the country better. And he told me he did not vote for Joe Biden. But when Joe Biden was elected president, he said, listen, man, I'm not happy that Biden's president. But you know what? I live in the United States of America. I want this country to be better. So I'm not going to go around and be anti Joe Biden. I'm going to give him a chance and I'm going to back him up because he's the president of the country that I live in. And I just thought that was such a great approach. And very few people take that approach. And so I, I, I don't I don't see our country really. And, you you know, you're a veteran. I, you know, there was an individual, I believe, two weeks ago, and he, I believe, he was 98 years old. He's one of the last living members uh, mm. of World War Two. And he said he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, this is not the country that we fought so hard for. Right. Mm. And that he was, you know, getting ready to say goodbye to the world. He's mm. 98 years old. And he was so emotional saying, this is not the country that we fought so hard for. And I know that there are many other people that feel that way that have served in our country. I, yeah. without being political, and I'm with you, while I love talking about sports. And you know, if you listen to me for all the years in Sacramento, I never talked about politics. I never talked I about social issues unless I absolutely had to, you know, like social issues. I couldn't, I could not ignore the Colin Kaepernick, uh, you know, uh, kneeling and all of that. I mean, I had to discuss that. I didn't want to discuss that, but I felt I had to. And my stance on that has not changed one bit. I'm against kneeling for, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm against protest at work. If you want to kneel for the national anthem, I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with protest at work. I am not ever going to support protest at work. I don't believe work is for protest. And I made this comment when Colin Kaepernick first took the knee, and I've made it on many, many instances. If Colin Kaepernick wants to, whatever whatever he believes in, to me, he went about it the wrong way. And to me, he could have easily had a press conference outside the his house or outside the stadium or what have you. He could have had the same number of people come and talk to him about what he was trying to accomplish. I am not, I am never going to support protest at work. I am not about protesting at work. Can you imagine in the United States of America, if we allowed people to protest at the workplace, our country, if you think it's messed up now, it would be unmanageable. I'm just not for that. I'll never be for that. Well, you got to check it at the door, man, because then it would start to affect your, your work performance and your job. And you're going to have, Correct. you know, you're going to have a. You know, check it at the door, man. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with that 98 year old veteran that saddens me to hear his his take on it, and he was real emotional. And you know, it's just a matter of uh, his his opinion and opinion on that law enforcement. Your friend in law enforcement. Why can't the politicians take that that line of a of a thought? They can't do it. That's why I can't stand the, the political process. I don't care what party it is. I'm nonpartisan. I'm a veteran. I vote. But, you know, I, I look at these politicians and your guy didn't win. You still should, as your law enforcement guy said, support the man in charge. Work with him. You know, work for compromise. If you don't like the Affordable Care Act, don't spend 60, go 60 plus times to the, to the, to the Congress or Supreme Court trying to repeal it. Why don't you just try to 
work to yep. modify it to come to a compromise. This is this is where it's it's so your police officer friend. I completely I love his take, but I don't see our own politicians being being able to apply no, they don't. that in their process. No, they they don't. Yeah. It's a, they don't. And that's what's wrong with our country. There's really uh, no bipartisanship. There's no uh, Democrats don't work with Republicans. Republicans don't work with Democrats. And it really doesn't even have anything to do with the policies. It's like, no, you're a Democrat. I'm not going to go along with you. Oh, you're a Republican. I'm not going to go along with you. Oh, you know what? No, no, no. You know, again, that's why politics turns me off. And I really and I mean this, I I, I don't talk politics with my friends very much. No, uh, there are many elections. There are many elections that I don't even I didn't even participate in. I don't even have a problem. I didn't vote in the last uh, presidential election. I didn't vote. There was I didn't I didn't I didn't want to support either candidate, and I didn't feel comfortable going to the polls and voting for the last presidential election. So I didn't vote. I don't really care whether people feel well. Gee, it's your duty to vote. It's your obligation to vote. No, yeah. I, I'm an American. It's my choice to vote. If I want to vote, I can vote. If I don't want to vote, I don't have to vote. That's my choice as a uh, citizen of this country. And people don't like the fact that I don't vote. And I've gotten in the there's one gentleman who uh, I swim with every day and he was really bothered by the fact that I didn't vote. And I said, well, you know, I don't I don't really. And we had a really long discussion about this. I said, well, I'm sorry that you're bothered. He goes, well, no, it's really your duty to vote. I go, no, it's not my duty to vote. I said, it's my choice to vote. And I didn't really feel comfortable voting for uh, he, he. And he said, well, did you like one candidate more than the other? And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, really? So you're and he's he's a huge Democrat. He says, you're yeah. telling me that you would rather have Donald Trump in office than Joe Biden. And I said, no, I didn't say that. I said, I don't I'm not comfortable with either man being in office. And personally, I didn't want to carry that burden of having to vote for somebody that I was going to be critical of. So I didn't vote for I didn't vote. You know, what, man, the late George Carlin, who I was a big fan of, I always thought he was brilliant with this. It wasn't really a comedian so much as a, as a this politically savvy he used to he, he said i don't vote and it kind of surprised me because george is so into the issues the social issues and the culture and he could break things down and he said i'm tired of it i can't focus there's nobody i like to vote for so i yep. try to vote i try to read up on the issues i'm not into the whole thing you know i try to like look at who's maybe supporting it, you know, then if I have respect for them or I trust them, I put my trust in them. But I just uh, appreciate you being flexible on your forum when you open it up to like these issues or you open it up to like the mass shootings and people just had to, your listeners had to like release their emotions and you spent like a good two, three days, you had a podcast on it. So God bless you for doing that. No, that was something. Thank I you. Just, again, that's a gun control issue that I, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. I, I just know here it comes. You know, I was a, the, the, who, who's to yep. blame? And I so I just can't go there. But, you know, God bless you for being flexible to open well, up and let folks emote on a very, very horrible uh, week that we had. And, you know, keep up yep. the good work. Well, I'll stick it to Thank keep you. it the sports. And uh, just real quick, but I don't let you go because it's been kind of a long call. Yep. Now, you always you mentioned to I'm looking at some nice comments. I know it's summer league, but some of the media, some of the, you know, there's they're they're really liking. I know, you, and you're right. It's summer league. What they're seeing with the Kings, and, and my, I go back to your comment when you said we, the team Kings drafted Tom Robinson. And you said the first day of practice, you're talking to Bobby Jackson and said he can't play. 
And he said, what do you mean he can't play? You mean he's hurt or he's not feeling well? No, Grant, he can't play. Now, let me ask you this. Maybe Bobby's not a decision in the, in the draft room, making the decisions. He was assistant coach. How the hell does, does Bobby Jackson in two hours come up with that evaluation? How does a team draft a guy who supposedly did their homework? And here's Bobby in, in two hours. He tells you straight up, this guy's got no game. How does that happen? I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Um, Scott Pollard told me the same thing before the Kings drafted him. He said Thomas Robinson's not going to be a good NBA player. Scott told me that. He told me that about Ben McLemore before the Kings drafted Ben yeah. McLemore. He said, don't take Ben. He's, he's, just, he's, going to be, he's going to be in the league, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to really help you. I mean, um, there, are certain, there are certain individuals. By the way, Scott, in all fairness, was wrong about Marvin Bagley. He thought he was going to be the best player on the draft. And Scott also admitted he didn't know anything about Luka Doncic because he didn't watch European basketball. So he said, I'm not going to talk about Luka because I don't know enough about him. But he thought that that Marvin Bagley was going to be a tremendous NBA player. But so, you know, e even people that are right a lot of times are wrong. You know, Jeff Petrie was, you know, heralded as a tremendous general manager. And I would agree with that. Right. But he's the one that drafted, you know, Thomas Robinson. So, I mean, um, you know, yeah. we, we can, or, you know, he drafted DeMarcus Cousins. Um, right. He, you know, he makes mistakes too, you know, I mean, we all we all make mistakes, but hey, I'm gonna get to some other calls, Al. You have oh, yeah. a great day. Thanks very yeah, much. Bless you, man. Have a take good care. evening. Thank you for taking yep. care of me out. You, you too. My, my pleasure. You know, and again, I I really do try to stay away from politics, man, because you know, two years ago today, think about where you were two years ago today. You know where you were? You were in your house, all right. And you know what you were doing two years ago from today? You were probably watching the news every day. You remember that? Two years ago today, right? There were no sports being played. We were locked up. And who was the politician in America that everyone was talking about? Who was the one? Think about it. Think about where you were and who you were talking about politically two years ago today. And think about the drive that we heard. Oh, this guy would be a great president. Oh, this is what we need. This, this would be a great, great great president, Andrew Cuomo, correct? His press conferences were must-see TV every day from Albany, New York, right? The governor of New York. Where's Andrew Cuomo today? Again, you just, who can you trust? Who can you trust? All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up on this busy Thursday. And we say hello to Jay. Jay, how are you today? Excellent, Grant. Finally, glad to be able to get hold of you live. I, I catch all catch all your shows, but uh, you know, work work makes it tough to be live. But glad to be here today with you. Thank you, Jay. Good hearing your voice. Hey, so uh, I, I agree with everything you've been saying, and uh, you know, um, sports sports one hundred percent should be you know as much as possible a, a politics free zone. And, um, you know, you, you've done a fabulous job of, of walking that line when you had your show here in, in Sacramento. Um, you know, it, there, there, was, there was never any politics. It was, it was all sports all, all the time. And, and uh, it, it was fabulous, you know, and, and for the things that, that you discussed that weren't necessarily on the court of the field, they were still sports related and it, and it was great. And um, unfortunately, you know, the, the, 
the tide has turned on that and it's and and it it it, it does become frustrating and and uh you know one of the things that you said in the past <clears throat> that it couldn't be more true uh and that is everything has to go back to common sense and uh whether it's politics or sports or analysis you know common sense and facts why do we have to embellish or, or or put a spin on something just so it makes it be our agenda why can't we start with the facts and then we can add opinion around that but if we have the facts to work from then it's a lot easier to come to a common sense conclusion and, and go from there and um, um you know I, I i don't know how it's gonna how, how things are gonna change from that but um you know you're you're walking that path uh perfectly my friend and and um keep keep up the good work with all that thank you i appreciate it i'll give you a little story here just to give you an idea of my approach uh after the stefan clark shooting and the protest which limited the fans going into a game there were only about two thousand people the next day we're in the studio to do my radio show and i said to doug i said doug i said i'm going to give you a little advice here and i said you can take this however you want, and I will never suppress you on the air. So as long as you're doing a show, you're my partner, and you can handle this however you want. I said, but I'm letting you know how I'm going to handle this because we're going to get a lot of phone calls today. I'm only going to talk about Stefan Clark and the impact that it had on the basketball game last night and the fact that people could not get into the arena. I'm not talking about the police shooting of Stefan Clark. I'm not talking about why he was shot. I'm not talking about any of those aspects. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, I don't know what the facts are. And number two, if people really want to inter uh, listen to that, they can turn on KFBK or KST or one of the other, you know, talk stations in town. This is a sports show. And I said, to, but and, and then I said to him, I go, but if you want to answer questions when they're brought up, I will give you the floor, and I'm going to remain silent. I said, and the, and the reason I'm going to remain silent on this is no matter what I say, when it comes to this particular situation, I will have 50% of the people calling for my head that I don't know what I'm talking about due to, due, due to a lot of circumstances. So that's how I would approach my job. And you know what? People that didn't like it or didn't care for it, I've, and I went on the air that day. I'll never forget this. I started off my monologue and I said, hey, we're very well aware of what happened in Sacramento. Uh, I said, if you want to talk about the details as it relates to the shooting of Stefan Clark by the police and what happened, I suggest you turn the dial right now. I said, I've told Doug this. I have said, if Doug wants to talk about it, he can talk about it. But if you're going to call up and ask me about it, you're speaking to the wrong person because I'm not going to discuss it. I said, this is a sports show. And personally, I'm keeping it to sports unless you ask me about the impact that it had on the game last night and what it was like being in the arena with very few fans. And that's how I approached that story. Yeah, and, and that was and that was uh, solid, experienced, life experience advice right there. And uh, it, it couldn't have been any more perfect. And and what's happened on the airways since those days is folks haven't followed that advice. And, you know, uh, it, it's be, the, the radio shows have become almost unlistenable because everybody has to slip in their little zingers of, of, of their political 
wokeness and um you know it, it just makes it it makes it hard to um, enjoy you know to tune in to enjoy that and uh so so well done i was glad i'm glad i was able to jump on here before ryan uh, al did a great job but uh, the, ryan makes the bar so high that uh, getting on before ryan i won't I'm <laughs> a little bit less ignorant here but, but hey i wanted to let you i wanted to get your opinion on the uh, deandre ayton i hear that or see that uh, looks like uh, he has agreed to i don't think he's signed but he's agreed to a max offer sheet with the pacers and um so it looks like the suns are on the clock as of what to do what, what's your thoughts i think the uh suns and i'm glad you brought that up it was on my agenda to talk about after we get through with these topics but i i you know we're talking about a four-year 133 million dollar uh offer sheet which by the way uh is the maximum now his agent uh is bill duffy and the suns have two days to match by the way this is i didn't realize this until uh a couple of hours ago i didn't realize this is the largest offer sheet in nba history how about that i didn't realize this this is the largest offer sheet in nba history now if the suns match the offer they are not able to trade DeAndre Ayton until at least January 15th. And they couldn't trade him to Indiana for an entire year. All right. And Ayton would also have veto power on any trade that the Suns would try to make during the year after January 15th. Um, I don't think the Suns are going to match the offer. Well, it'll be interesting because they would have the potential to do a sign and trade, correct? Uh, no, no. So Aiton is not a restricted free agent? Sign and trade deals are no longer allowed once an offer sheet is signed. You're not allowed to do a sign and trade. Once an individual signs an offer sheet, you are not allowed to do a sign and trade. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, it'll be, inter it'll be interesting to, to see how all that plays out. All right. Well, keep up the good work, man. I look forward to continuing to, to catch you on the podcast. Thank you very much, Jay. Take care. Bye-bye. Right, take care. Bye. All right. So uh, sign-and-trade deals, okay, are no longer allowed. Used to be, all right, once the offer sheet is signed. So I know that there's a lot of expectation that the Suns are going to match the offer. That's what the word is. There's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people in the NBA that feel that they are going to match the offer. To me, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I would match the offer. He was the starting center on a team that won 64 games. All right. You're not as good if you lose DeAndre Ayton. You're not as good. Period. You're not as good. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App. And uh, we say hello to Jeff on this Thursday. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm good, buddy. What's up? Hey, I was just, uh, I was just here listening to you talk about everything. And... Uh, I'm glad you don't talk about politics. There's a certain protege of yours that does on uh, on uh, social media. Me and him get into it. He's from Carmichael. Well, I'm not gonna mention his name, but anyways, uh, and he. You can mention his name. Uh, you can mention his name. I mean, why are we hiding people's names? Carmichael Dave uh, yeah. is very uh, uh, outspoken uh, about his political beliefs and everything. I've had conversations with him uh, about this uh, off the air. Because I, I feel like it hurts him. I feel I've, uh, I've been yeah, very honest with him. Stop, 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 stop. I'm not sure. finished yet. Let me finish. But I've also told him that that is his right. Uh, and I've and I've been very frank with him. I said I don't think this helps out your show. I, I've been Dave is a very good friend of mine, and uh, I disagree with a lot of things that he puts out there when it comes to social and political issues. But 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 I said, I don't have a problem with you doing it. I have a problem with the fact that it may be hurting your career and you're a friend of mine. So I've been very open about that with him. But anyway, go ahead. Right. Right. So I've 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 talked to him and I've I've told him, so Dave, why do you want to alienate 50 percent of your listeners? I tell him the same thing. And he, he has. He I have a lot of friends. He says he doesn't I, yeah. care. He says, they can go somewhere else. And I said, it's just like what you're saying, you know, uh, and then earlier you're saying you're going to piss off some. Well, you're only pissing off. I mean, at voting, you're, you know, it's usually a 51, 49, you know, and then, and then the, I'm a conservative. If you, they call, you know, supposedly I'm one of those conservative bigoted guys that raised 20 kids, foster kids, and I save animals at 400 dogs in the last three years through our rescue but no i'm a i'm a i'm a bad guy according to half the other people you know what i mean even that's correct you're brother, a bad even, guy yep even my own that's brother, right even my own brother who is gay he he bans me from his social media because of my takes i love him to death and you know and we talk well, on the facts that's what's he, wrong with this country he's that's what's wrong with this country he's embarrassed to see what i i post and it, uh, he doesn't want it on his thing. So he just shuns me. He shuns me and blocks me out. Again, that's what's wrong with this country. You know, when you have family members that can't even have a adult conversation about a difference of politics. My brother and I are different politically. My brother is on the far, far left, and I'm not. And we have a lot of different opinions, but we talk about them when we're together. And he reads. He's extremely educated. He's extremely bright. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk sometimes for a couple of hours and we, we don't agree on, well, we agree on very little, but
But at the end of it, you know, he's still my brother and I don't have a problem with his takes. He doesn't have a problem with what I say. I respect him, respects, he respects me. The word yeah. is in this country, you know what we've, you know what the word is? The word is respect. We have stopped right. respecting other people based on their political opinion. And that, in my opinion, in a nutshell, is what's wrong with this country. I don't have to agree with you, but I should respect the fact that as an American, you're entitled to your opinion. Right. Goes to the first amendment, free speech. And that's why you yes. got black that's why you got black. Well, you made a opinion that I mean I mean shit. Probably seventy five percent of your listeners agreed with, but yet because twenty five or I bet you it wasn't even twenty percent in our in in Northern California in Sacramento. Maybe if you're in San Francisco, that down in the Bay Area, but I bet seventy five percent of your listeners backed your ass one hundred percent. Not only did they back my ass, all of my black friends, which are numerous in South Florida, and I have had this discussion with them, and they didn't know anything about me before, you know, before they found out about me. They didn't know who I was or anything. Only one, only one person of color of all of my friends in Miami, and I'm not talking about two or three, I'm talking about a lot, okay? Only right. one had a problem with me saying all lives matter. Only one told me that he felt that that was derogatory and against Black Lives Matter and particularly Black people, all right? And I'm like, come on. And he said, no, right. that's, he, he He actually called it racist. I'm like, come on. I go, come on, it's not racist. And, and I, but we talked and right. I told him at the, I, I told him at the end of the conversation, I said, I disagree with what you say. I said, I don't agree with what you say. I said, I've heard what you've had to say but you don't know anything about me. You don't have any idea about my background. I said, you don't have any idea. I said, and I said to him at the end, and this is how I ended the conversation. I said, Aubrey, I said, I don't know anything about your background. I said, I don't know where you were raised. I said, I don't know what your life was like, but I said, I'll make a, I'll make a gentleman's bed here right now. I said, I bet I have done more to change minorities lives i said i bet i have done more to help out people of your race than you have right, right. and he go and, he, and 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 we got into it and i said let me show you something and i brought up my website okay and i said listen i've sent over 100 students to college many of whom are black and he was silent he couldn't he didn't even have anything to say and we ended the conversation and i said this to him i said aubrey i'm sorry you feel that way about me i said i'm just telling you you, you could not be more wrong. You could not be more wrong. And he ended up by saying, yeah, but you know what? And he, 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 but he ended up by saying, well, you're wrong for saying all lives matter. I said, well, oh. we, we, I, and I, I said to him, I go, Aubrey, we, we can agree to disagree. I said, that's how I was raised. It's oh. my, I said, the first, the first principle in my religion is the inherent worth and dignity of every person. That's how I was raised. That's what I believe in. And if you feel that what I said is racist, or if you feel that I'm racist, he, 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 later I found out he told the person that was hosting the event that he thought I was racist. And I'm oh. like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you, you know, when I was in sales for 25 years, and the first thing they teach you is stay away from religion and politics. Do not yep. bring it up because you open up a because you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who. That's correct. Take, and they'll walk all of a sudden they're going to put up a wall 
it, and you know, I w- I love Dave. The, I used to listen to my commute when I commuted to Lodi to the Givicky Ford down there, and I ran the dealerships down there. I listened to his night show. Listened to when you brought him on. I loved him to death. What what and uh, I I just. I want to listen to me. Dave is a, let me, let me, let, let me tell you something. Dave is a great person. He's a great person. Oh, his political, wait a minute. Kings. His political, his political, forget about that for a minute. Forget about saving the Kings. His political uh, beliefs may be 180 degrees different than yours. Okay. We just yeah. had an election in this country where over 70 million Americans voted for the candidate that lost. Okay. Does that mean that we're going to take those 70 million Americans and paint them as racist, as many people do? Are we going to paint them as certain individuals? I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends that voted for Trump, and I would take a bullet for those friends. They are the most honorable. They are the most um, uh, community-oriented people. They uh, own companies where they hire many minorities they they are charitable they are this they are that they're not racist they're not bad people they're not despicable people they voted for a candidate that they thought was the better candidate now you don't have to agree with that but that doesn't mean they're horrific bad racist people that's what's wrong with this country we label people in this country just because of their political affiliation. And that needs to stop. We need to stop. We cannot label people because of who they vote for. That is wrong. And I thought we were over that when we elected Obama. Well, we're not over it. It's very apparent that we're actually more entrenched in labels than ever before. That's all he did. Jeff, good hearing from you as always, man. He doesn't come you out take care. Him. And he was a march with Martin Luther King. Yeah, go ahead. But anyways, hey, let's get it. Yeah. Jeff, you're breaking up on me, buddy, so I'm going to put you back in the audience, but it's good hearing from you. Again, in a nutshell, it's a shame that you have a family member that takes that approach. I spoke with an individual who owns a huge, 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 huge company. Okay. Big time liberal despises Donald Trump. How much did he despise Donald Trump? That he ended lifelong friendships with people that he knew that voted for Trump. Actually called them racist. And I said to this individual, I go, that is so sad. I said, that is so sad that you are that close-minded. He goes, I'm not close-minded. I don't want a friend who's a racist. I said, so because your friend is a supporter of Donald Trump, he's racist? Really? Wow. How sad is that? And you know what? That happened a lot in this country. And that to me is the biggest problem that we have in the United States right now. If you are aligned a certain way politically, you're automatically stereotyped and you're labeled. And as I said, 
I have many friends that voted for Donald Trump, and I would do anything for those people. Why? Because they are great, great people. They're people that I would support. They're people that try to change their communities for the better. They're people that in many instances own multi-million dollar companies that employ many minorities at very high levels of their company. They don't have a racist bone in their body. But because they voted for Donald Trump, they're labeled and they're stereotyped. And that to me is what is wrong in this country. It's okay to disagree, but the lack of respect that we have for our fellow Americans, the lack of respect that we have for people who disagree with us is shameful. It's awful. Let's get to uh, Ryan in Sacramento. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Grant. How you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. So, uh, Jay, there is no bar. I enjoy listening to all of you. If I didn't, I would not be here every single day. But, you know, certainly with politics, I, I don't come to sports to hear about politics. And the bottom line is, if it wasn't for people like Al and anybody else here that's listening or out there that fought for this country, we wouldn't have the opportunity to talk about it. So thank you so much for your service. It's greatly appreciated. But the problem is, Grant, politics has bled into sports now. And I don't know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but how do you oh, it's kind a bad of navigate thing. that? Oh, it's a bad thing. And I've been saying this for years and years and years. I said this before Colin Kaepernick ever took a knee. I said, if you put, if you allow politics and social issues to enter the sports world, sports will never be the same and it will really hurt sports. And I'll tell you, I haven't been right on a lot of things or I haven't been right on everything, but I was right on that. I was, and I called that before Kaepernick ever took a knee. And after he took a knee, I, I, I absolutely forecasted what would happen. And, I, and, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And to me, it is part of the reason why ratings in the NBA have suffered, not the main reason, it is a reason, all right? There are a lot of people that have been turned off, that were turned off by what happened in the bubble two years ago. There are those that are turned off like I am by LeBron James. I have cut down my watching of NBA basketball by 90%, and I, I don't have any problem admitting that. Um, LeBron James has turned me off from the sport that I have loved and followed for so many years. I find him to be hypocritical. I think his stance on social and political issues are, I, I, I have lost respect for him. I, I don't want to contradict myself because I just said we have lost respect for people. I lose respect for people that, as Mitch Album said, are selective with their noise against hate. I lose respect for people when they only come out when it benefits people of their race. I lose respect for those type of people. LeBron James is a man of power in this country. He has over 50 million Twitter followers. When LeBron James remains quiet about a murder of a white individual in a parking lot of a high school that he founded, and subsequently three African-Americans were arrested, and he remained silent, that's wrong, all right? Because we all know what would have happened if those tables had been reversed. That also is wrong. You need to speak up against hate. 
You cannot be selective with your noise based on the color of someone's skin, based on their sexuality, based on their religion. It is wrong. And unfortunately, LeBron James is wrong. He's a hypocrite. And his double standards has, have really disgusted me. And this is somebody that admires him as a basketball player, was blessed to announce his first ever game, was blessed to be the narrator on his first ever professional commercial with Nike. But this man has completely turned me off. And I have lost respect for the way he goes about handling his power in this country and its power. He could help out so many people of different ethnicities. He could be such an influencer in this country because so many people do or used to look up to him. But to me, he has abused his power. And for that, I've lost respect for him. So Grant, outside of the obvious, I mean, how much has social media changed what players do now and what they speak up against? I mean, isn't a player kind of, and I'm not defending LeBron by any means, because I do agree with your take, but, you know, a player used to be criticized if they, you know, said something or spoke out against politics or the media, and that was before social media. So what was it like before social media? And you, you were in the league for 32 years announcing games, so I'm sure it went on probably behind the scenes, but, you know, you would hear people criticized MJ. For not coming out and doing more socially before social media well in a nutshell life was night and day to where it is now uh the absence of social media was a godsend to the generation of players that never had to deal with that social media has without question changed not only society but it's changed our athletes to a big degree. And there's no question. First of all, I mean, <laughs> you, you would want, you didn't never had to worry about athletes being on their phones before games, uh, in some instances during games, at halftime. I mean, the, the, the advent of cell phones completely changed everything. But then when social media came into the forefront, uh, it completely changed everything, Ryan. And here's the one thing it's really done. It's given 24-7 access to players that know what people are saying about them all the time, whether it's fans or whether it's members in the media. And some athletes don't care. And then there are some athletes like Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins that are so critical and so sensitive to anyone that says anything negative about them, uh, it affects them greatly where they spend so much time of their day dealing with criticism on social media. And I don't quite understand that. I really do not understand that. No, well, I mean, it's social media. You're, you're getting messages nonstop if you're somebody like that. I'm going to ask you actually a really hard question here. Do you think some players based off of the sponsorships that they have knowing because you don't get a sponsorship without getting to know the people in the background do you think that they do not speak out based on the beliefs of the people that are paying them millions of dollars to wear a pair of shoes to yes. wear a shirt yeah. i don't think there's any question about that i think yes so absolutely yeah 
it, it, it's complicated. Um, let's let's kind of tone it down. I know I brought it up, but uh, how about Keegan Murray? I know you always talk about sample size. You always say, you know, 24 games, I want to say. Um, but you've been really high on Keegan. I, I guess my question would be, where do you see him based off of just what you've seen? Do you think the floor could be more like um god it's killing me now because i'm not thinking about it um oh kyle kuzma and do you think the ceiling could be like a jason tatum i'm not ready to put him in the category of jason tatum who has elevated himself beyond the all-star level in my opinion based on his performance in the playoffs not every game was great but i think that you can see where his game is going. So I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm willing to make this observation. I think he is going to be a very good player in the NBA for over 10 years, barring injury. Okay, barring injury, I think he's going to be a very good player and a starter in the NBA for over 10 years. Now, does that mean all-star appearance? I can't go there yet. Uh, I think his ceiling is very high. I mean, he's... Look, Here's the other thing I looked at. Look at his improvement from his first year at Iowa to his second year. Now look at what sure. he's doing on a nightly basis in summer league, although, again, he's not necessarily playing against NBA competition. So the fact that, you know, he's still very young and he's nowhere near his prime, I think he has a chance to be a special player in the NBA. I think his work ethic, I think his basketball IQ, uh, his approach, he does not seem to have any sense of entitlement, which I think is a real big positive. I really can't see any negatives to him right now. I mean, I'm trying to find a negative. I really can't find one. It, it's hard. I mean, he looks really, really good, and I think there's a lot of promise there. He's only going to improve with playing with the other guys once they get a little bit more time on the court. We talked about pickup games and once he goes to camp. Um, I, I guess the last question I have for you, because Al brought this up, how much swing do assistant coaches train, well, not trainer, but assistant coaches and the guys that are on the coaching staff have when it comes to a draft pick? Because you were talking about Thomas Robinson and Al was talking about none. that. that Bob, they have none. Why would you not, though? If you're a coach on the team, you should have input. Because the coaches mean, on the team, the, you ask a question, I'm, I mean, you might find this hard to believe because you have an entire scouting department and you have a head coach and, you know, assistant coaches, their roles and responsibilities getting ready for the draft is not getting ready for the draft. They're still doing unbelievable number of hours of individual workouts with players. Uh, they are now I, I would say this, I shouldn't say none. I'll give you an example. When in the Marvin Bagley draft, okay. They brought in Marvin for a workout and they had one of their coaches or a few of their coaches be on the floor with him. One was Bob Thornton who worked with big men and others. And they did ask, they did ask the coaches that were on the floor with him who were also on the floor with all the other players that came in for workouts. What did you think of him? What, what do you think? So they did ask the opinion of what the workout was like from their perspective. But then once the draft got closer, 
they didn't bring them in and ask, you know, what do you think about who we should draft? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, you know, I mean, a scout is a scout. I'm not saying they don't have knowledge of the game. I mean, they're doing a lot of the back end work, correct? Looking into yes. backgrounds and providing that information. But I feel like that feedback from if you're an NBA coach, whether it's an assistant or head coach, I feel like in, it should be their opinion should be considered because if you are an NBA coach, then you actually really, really know about the game and you're doing it 82 games out of the year. Get it. The scouts are scouting all year round with the colleges. But, you know, I mean, maybe that's part of the system. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because it, it seems weird. I mean, if you have somebody like Bobby Jackson, who played in the league many years, was very successful, was an important part of the Kings during the glory days. And he's saying, no, this guy ain't doing it. Like, how do you not take that feedback over a scout that's possibly never played the game? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that was Bobby's take after, you know, two summer league workouts in Vegas. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they asked Bobby, you know, before that. I, I, I'm sure they didn't because Thomas Robinson never came in for a workout that year. Not that a workout should change who you're going to draft. I, I, I'm not a fan of workouts. I mean, you watch the player play every game of their college career and to a degree what they've done in high school. You've had a chance to interview college coaches. You've had a chance to interview, you know, a whole bunch of other people. Now you're going to bring a kid into a gym by himself and give them a workout. It's almost like the NFL draft combine. I, I, I just think the NFL draft combine is an absolute waste. Uh, I, I don't understand that. Uh, so Some there are a lot grab. of things that go on. Be yes, but there are a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that don't make sense to me, Ryan. Uh, and I do always find it interesting that, you know, Scott Pollard told me, don't take Thomas Robinson. You know, before the draft, he said, I would never take Thomas Robinson. He doesn't have a position on the league. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's not a small forward. He's not a power forward. And his game's not going to translate to the NBA. He's not going to be able to – he's not going to have a position in the NBA. Now, we keep on hearing the NBA is a positionless league, right? We always hear about that. Well, it's a positionless league. Well, Scott didn't think so. He said, I'm just telling you, Thomas Robinson's not going to have a position in the NBA. And you know what? Scott was 100% correct. He was 100% spot on. I also remember when the draft was uh, the Kevin Durant draft, right? And um, Greg Oden. And I said to Scott, I said, who would you take if you were the general manager in a draft? He goes, are you kidding me? He goes, anyone that takes Greg Oden ahead of Kevin Durant should lose their job and never be allowed to work in basketball again. I'm like, really? He goes, I'm telling you right now, Kevin Durant is going to be a superstar. Greg Oden won't even be a player that we're talking about in five years. Now, in all fairness to Oden, he was, you know, had debilitating injuries that never got his career off the ground. But, it, but he told me that. He goes, if you don't take Kevin Durant, you should be fired and you should never be allowed to work again. So, you know, there are certain players that have insight that I don't have um, that just have a knack for this. Now, you know, again, Scott was wrong about Marvin Bagley, but he wasn't wrong about Ben McLemore. He wasn't wrong about Thomas Robinson. He wasn't wrong about Kevin Durant. And there are many others uh, that he has been right on uh, over the years. So some people have a knack for that. Some people don't. Jerry West seems to have a knack for talent, right? Indeed. I, I think the moral of the story for the Kings is stay away from Kansas players. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it's an imperfect science. 
but I would, and I know you mentioned this in your rant today, um, I would definitely give Monty credit. He, so far, I mean, two of two, I feel like he's hit on, and I agree with that, and it seems like the third he's hit on as well. So um, definitely a lot more promise than we had at the end of last season, and hopefully that breaks breaks that yep. uh, 16-year playoff streak. So, hey, I'm going to hop off so everybody else can Thank get you, buddy. on. Grant, always a pleasure, bud. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Ryan. Have a good one. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only thing I... Take care. The only thing I don't like what Monty's done, I thought he made a big mistake on Bogdan Bogdanovich. Losing him for nothing, and De'Aaron Fox is not a max player, so th- those are the two issues. But his drafting uh, has been very good, very good. All right, let's get. To, we have a couple more people that want to get on, and we'll certainly take their phone calls. And one is Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Grant. What's happening, my friend? Hey, Jerry. What's up? Hey, Grant. You know you and Ryan, dude. You know you guys are awesome, bro. I mean, I can listen to Thank you guys you. for hours. Uh, Grant, a uh, couple things. When you were doing your show in Sacramento, uh, did you ever have to bite your tongue that you want to, to say stuff that maybe would have got you in trouble? And if you did, did you ever get reprimanded for things that you said on the radio? Um, yes, I bit my tongue on occasion. I can't ever remember in my 26 years forever being reprimanded for something that I said on the radio. You know, there's this narrative out there that I was pro Donald Sterling, which was a bunch of bullshit. Um, (laughs) When I made my comment about Donald Sterling, it was a very simple comment to a caller uh, about Donald Sterling being a racist. And this was before he was relinquished from the owner of the LA Clippers. And I said, well, it's very interesting that Donald Sterling is the only owner in the NBA, the only owner of 30, that has a black general manager and a black head coach. And isn't that interesting? That's all I said. You know what? That day that I made that comment, I didn't have anybody call up and question what I said. Nobody talked about it on social media. Nobody was sending me text messages on our text line. Nobody talked about it the next day or the following day. Nobody called me up the next week and said, gee, I can't believe you said that about Donald Sterling. You know why? Because I didn't say anything that was inflammatory. I didn't say anything that raised anyone's eyebrows. I just made a simple fact. I said, isn't it interesting? He's the only owner in the NBA that has a black general manager and a black head coach. Only, only when we had the Stephon Clark shooting in Sacramento and the Black Lives Matter movement did, did that surface. And it was, and, and again, 
it became that I was pro Donald Sterling and I made comments in support of Donald Sterling. Never, never, never occurred. As a matter of fact, I've challenged people to go back and get a copy of what I said so everybody can hear it, but nobody will do that. Again, people are going to say what they want to fit their own narrative. No one said a word to me, not one word. Another thing people are making a big deal of now after I lost my job is I responded to a tweet by Mark Spears, who at the time was with Yahoo Sports. Well, I take that back. He was with the uh, undefeated and he put a list of 10 black coaches that were in line for NBA head coach jobs. And I said to him on Twitter, I go, why do we have to always put people based on the color of their skin? Why don't we just have a list of 10 assistant coaches who are in line to become NBA head coaches? Why do we have to make them black? Now I'm paraphrasing, but that was the premise of what I said. Okay. And but by the way, Mark Spears and I had a great relationship. He was always on my show. We talked off air. We would send each other messages. Uh, you know, we were, you know, we were, we were kind of buddy, buddy. All right. But I, right. I didn't have any problem saying that because my entire life, I've always been against putting people in groups based on the color of their skin. I, I hate stereotyping and putting people in groups because of their skin color. How are we ever going to have equality if we continually group people by what they look like? How are we ever going to get to equality? How are we ever going to get to where we want to be as a country if we continue to put people in categories based on the color of their skin? And again, you know what? Nobody said anything when I put that tweet out. Nobody criticized me. Nobody called me into the office and said, gee, what the hell are you thinking? Nobody said anything. The program director didn't say anything to me. The general manager didn't say anything to me. Same thing after the Donald Sterling comment. No one said a word to me. Not one person at the radio station said a word to me. No caller said anything to me. Nobody in the media said anything to me. You want to know why? Because it was a complete 100% non-story. I didn't say anything that was inflammatory. I didn't say anything that got people agitated. It was nothing. It wasn't anything until people wanted to make it something. Grant, you know, you said this a while back. You said that Adam Silver came out when the NBA were, uh, they were doing the bubble a couple years back. And he said that I made a mistake by uh, by the Black Lives Matter, uh, all the hype and all that stuff. Yep. And you know, can't other owners, Grant, for other pro sports do the same thing? Because you know what? I go to a sporting event to get my mind off things like that. I want to go there. I want to have fun. I want to watch sports. I don't need to see 15 billboards, Black Lives Matter, this, this, and that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't watch games on TV to see that shit. I go there to have a good time, to sit down on my couch, to watch a sporting event. That, that's all. Well, you know, again, uh, I'm very much against the messaging in the National Football League. I hate seeing the uh, social. Uh, messaging on the field and on the back of helmets. I've been very clear about this as a New York Giants fan. They have nothing on the back of their helmets. And I, for one, appreciate that as a fan of a franchise, even though they're terrible right now, at least they uh, look like a team out on the field without all their personal agendas and everything. So, yeah, I'm with you, Jerry. Uh, I It turns Grant, me off. It doesn't turn Grant, me off I, enough where I've stopped watching, but it turns me off. Grant, I got one more thing, Grant, then I'll let you go. Uh, you know what? I know it's just 
Summer League, uh, but I really like what the Kings uh, are doing, what they're going to look like. Um, and and I, you know what? I mean, I mean, I see light at the end of the tunnel for the first time in a long time, Grant. And I'm very sad that you're not going to be a part of that because if anybody deserves it, it's you, my friend, that you should be there when things start happening for Sacramento, for the fans being happy. You should be there. Well, Jerry, you know what? You can't have you can't have you can't you can't have your TV announcer be a racist. So that's never going to happen because I'm a racist, you know. And you can't have a racist be the television announcer of an NBA franchise. So I appreciate Grant, that though very much. Grant, you are far from a racist, Grant. Oh yeah. my God. Yes, I am. I have, I have listened to all of your podcasts. I've listened to all of your rants, Grant. You know what? Just like you said, uh, when you first started this podcast, our you said that if people would just peel back the layers and get to know that person, you said it 100% correctly. And you know what? It's it's a shame. It's a shame. This guy, Mark Jones, oh, my God. Uh, he's bad. He's bad, Grant. And you know what? I, I hope you get everything that you're looking for because, you know what? If anyone deserves it in this world, it is you. Thank you, Jerry. Good hearing from you. You have a good night. I really appreciate it as always. Take care. Good call from Jerry. Really enjoyed that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on. A, we've been a very good show today. Really have enjoyed this with James. Hey, James, how are you today? Hello, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, man. What's happening? Not too bad. Um, I'd like to just transition to the NBA. And um, I'm, so I'm not yeah. sure if you're aware, yeah. but the Suns did match the offer from the Pacers for yes. um, the well, Ian. And I'm surprised they did. And I'm glad that you brought that up because we've been <laughs> involved in a pretty uh, interesting conversation. So uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I didn't think they would. You know, and at the beginning of this show, uh, I had not heard any news on that. But I am surprised. I did not think that they would do it. And so while we have been on the air, the Suns have indeed matched the offer. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised. I'll ask you as an NBA fan, are you surprised? Do you know what? For the because of the Phoenix Suns, yes. Because the last year, I think they had the opportunity to do it, and they never really made. They were never. There wasn't much urgency behind it. But another team like the Pacers, I, I'm so I'm not surprised they want to pull the trigger because they're trying to build something. But for the Pacers, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry for the Spurs. I mean, sorry for the Suns. Suns I am surprised yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that news. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, because when I think of DeAndre Ayton, he's a good player, you know, because I'm a, you know, I'm a Kings fan. So when, you know, the, my friends know the whole DeAndre Ayton and the Bagley debate in the very beginning. Obviously now, you know, it's, it's you know, it's clearly it's Ayton, right? He's, he's solidified his career. But the problem is, I think he's kind of peaked. That's what I think. I don't see him being a guy that could take over on a nightly basis or even, you know, like three out of every five games. I don't see him being that dominant player. I know Devin Booker has been the main guy throughout the years. I know Chris Paul in the last couple of years has been a main guy, but I feel like during the opportunity was also an opportunity for him to flourish as well. So I'm not sure. Well, I, 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 look at it a, I look at it a little bit differently. Uh, I don't agree with you that he's peaked. He turns 24 next week, okay? So he's not yet in his prime. And as a starting center, okay, um, he averaged, what, 16 and a half points, and 10 and a half rebounds and was a starter on a team 
that last year went to the NBA Finals and this year got, you know, knocked off by the Dallas Mavericks in round two. But his numbers have been extremely steady. The year they went to the Finals, 16.3 points, 10.5 rebounds. This past year, 17.2 points, 10.2 rebounds, shooting 63% from the floor and 75% from the line. I don't think he's their best player, but I think he's instrumental in them being as successful as they have been the last two years. Yeah, I think he's a really good player. I just don't. That's my that's a thing. He already he's already a consistent player. I don't know how much else he can improve unless he develops more of a, a mid range or if he more aggressive in the paint or if he gets to the line more. He doesn't he only gets I was looking at his numbers earlier. He only gets to the line, I think, two and a half times a game. And he makes yeah, that's not enough. Yeah, so he could that's score more. Point. I just don't that's what that's what I'm saying. He's a good player. I, and I, that's why I'm not surprised he got that deal from a different team. I mean, he could have got that deal from any other team. Sure. I just don't. He hasn't. I just don't see that dog in him that he could take his game to the next level. But like you said, he is. He's still 23. He will be. 20, he's, um, he's still a young dude. Maybe. Um, maybe hey. he'll improve more. I just think he needs to. I, I just got to see him more. I think. James, great call, and thanks for uh, uh, talking about the news that broke uh, in the last half hour. Really appreciate it. You have a good night. Thank you. Thanks. You too. Yep. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that from James. Good hearing from different voices as well. Not that I mind my regulars. Don't don't take me wrong, but uh, good getting some uh, you know new voices on this show as well. I'm surprised at the beginning of the show. I was asked if I felt the Suns would match the offer, and I said no. And then I said, if I were the Suns, I would, uh, but they didn't wait long. So they had already made their decision. And the largest offer sheet in NBA history, 133 million for DeAndre Ayton. Hey, tomorrow, the show's gonna be on at four o'clock Pacific to wrap up the week, four o'clock Pacific tomorrow. All right, so good calls today. Really appreciate the variety of topics that we covered today. And I'm looking forward to being back tomorrow again, four o'clock Pacific tomorrow. Make it a great evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening right here. Grant Napier on Listen App. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.